0: From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we take a closer look at stories from our radio newsrooms across the nation. On Deadline is making its way into the middle of the country as we look at the Iowa caucus and what the results mean for Republican hopefuls. Former President Donald Trump proved the polls right on Monday night, taking home the victory in Iowa. CNN reported that by claiming 50% of the vote, that's the biggest win in caucus history, Trump is on course for his third consecutive nomination, which showed that eight years after his outsider presidential victory, the current GOP is now, quote, entirely his party. While Trump is known to gloat, the former president offered praise for his fellow candidates when he spoke following his victory. Trump said that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who finished second, and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who finished third, were having a good time together. He even went as far as to say that he thought they both did very well in the state's caucus. DeSantis had been projected to finish third behind Haley. He's being praised for his efforts in the caucus. So much so that many pundits are saying that his strong second-place finish saved his campaign. The support DeSantis saw in 2021 has dwindled, with many wondering if he would have dropped out if the Iowa caucus hadn't gone in his favor. Still, with Trump's legal troubles not going away anytime soon, and a big decision from the Supreme Court about whether states can bar him from ballots, any hiccup could see DeSantis regain momentum. Professor Dennis Goldford from Drake University in Iowa joined Odyssey in Minneapolis to discuss the caucus and what a second-place win means for DeSantis.
1: First of all, your general reaction to the results yesterday and DeSantis coming in second.
2: Well, I think that certainly with uh, the former president coming in first at around 50%, that was no surprise. It's been a fairly static field, if you will, other than having various people in the lower end dropping off over time. But we heard a lot about DeSantis's folks' Claiming they had a particularly good organization And you know the key to Electoral success is turnout The key to turnout is organization We didn't hear so much about uh, Nikki Haley's organization So I think uh, for the time Being DeSantis uh, lives A little bit at least to fight another day That being said of course He has almost no standing In New Hampshire uh, I don't know if he's changing his plans But uh, the idea was he would leave Des Moines, leave Iowa and go straight to South Carolina whereas Nikki Haley has to be a little disappointed given the uh, apparent boom in recent days that she did come in behind DeSantis but she's got some strength in New Hampshire uh, even before she goes to South Carolina so the question is whether uh, she's able to uh, have a better showing there
1: are we just headed for a Biden Trump showdown again is and I think there are so many people you just talk anecdotally with people and they're like I don't want to see this happen but here we go again.
2: Right, most most people don't want that But you have to remember that our presidential system Is not really one that leads to a national election Where you have more control over that You know, presidents went, run and win elections In 51 different state elections The Electoral College and all that sort of thing And, you know, when I, when I talk to European friends They just can't understand how this works How can you end up with someone Who has less than the other party becoming president As, uh, you know, in seven out of the last eight presidents elections, the Republican has had a lower popular vote than the Democrat, even if the person's won, like Trump in 2016, because of the peculiarities of the Electoral College vote. But yes, if if this were done on a national basis, and I'm not saying it can be, should be, or would be, you might have two nominees that people are generally okay with. But yes, you're precisely right. In fact, Nikki Haley tried to make that point, I think, that nobody really wants to see a, a Trump-Biden election, but that may well be given the vagaries of our electoral system, what we end up with.
0: Before Monday's caucus, many were worried that the weather would impact results. Iowans woke up to temperatures in the minus 10s, with wind chills as low as negative 40 degrees. Exposed skin can get frostbite in seconds, so we imagine only the hardiest of souls wanted to wait in line to cast a ballot. And looking strictly at turnout, it appears the frigid temperatures and winter conditions did cool voter fervor. In 2016, the last time a GOP incumbent wasn't running, nearly 186,000 voters turned out. This year, an estimated 110,000 voters did the same. The turnout may have taken a hit, but most never doubted that Trump would take home a victory. The former president's supporters were the most enthusiastic and committed, according to the last NBC News, Des Moines Register, and Mediacom Iowa poll. With the former president holding such a commanding lead on his opponents, could anything stop them? CBS's Matt Piper joined Odyssey to share more on Trump's decisive victory. The story from Iowa seems to be all about Trump, who won big.
1: It does. I mean, when you get more than 50 percent of the vote, it certainly is a big win, especially considering the next three between Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy, who, of course, has already bowed out. But when you add the three of their you know, numbers up, they still don't even get to where Trump got last night. So that's certainly the big headline coming out of Iowa here.
3: Yeah, I mean, that is incredible. Uh, it does not bode well for any of the other candidates. Uh, we saw Ramaswamy drop out, obviously. I'm wondering what Nikki Haley's feeling. I mean, she had seemingly so much momentum going into last night only to finish third. She did have momentum here. But, you know, I will say as someone who was speaking
1: to voters here the last couple of days, I found more DeSantis voters than I actually found anyone else, surprisingly, even surpassing Trump, at least here in the Des Moines area. But Nikki Haley put a lot of her, you know, election eggs, if you will, in the New Hampshire basket. So she's been polling really well there, neck and neck with Donald Trump, whereas Ron DeSantis is even behind Chris Christie in New Hampshire, who's not even in the race anymore. So it appears that Nikki Haley is just trying to year ahead, look to one week from today, New Hampshire, in the hopes that she does well there and kind of have Iowa by then in the rear view. Yeah. And, you know, these caucuses are so different, right? They bear so little resemblance to voting anywhere else. Exactly. This is different than a primary. I mean, a caucus is something where, you know, All three of us would go into a room with 10 other people who are all in the same political party and talk about the issues and talk about who we like. And it's a very public forum, whereas with the primaries, you know, it's a regular voting booth and you're there for two minutes and not two hours. So necessarily who wins here doesn't always get to the White House. That's also a big thing is that there's not, you know, yes, there was a winner here last night, but it's more for bragging right than anything else. The voting itself, you know, the primary voting is where it really starts to heat up beginning next week.
0: Trump's victory was solid, but experts will tell you it shouldn't be seen as the final word in the race for the nominee. The next two caucuses are in New Hampshire and South Carolina, where voters have different opinions than those in Iowa. For instance, the MAGA evangelicals that weigh heavily in Iowa are much less integral in New Hampshire. It's also worth noting that often, in Republican presidential primaries without an incumbent in the race, the winner of the Iowa caucuses does not become the party's nominee. KCBS reporters Doug Sovereign and Chris Ancarlo discussed this caucus and how Trump might see different outcomes in other state caucuses
4: the the headline here really is an overwhelming victory for Donald Trump i mean the biggest margin of victory anyone's ever had in these caucuses but again we expected that didn't we
3: yeah we did and you got to go back to 1988 to see the last really big double digit victory that was bob dole by the way 12.8% of the uh, of the vote there now you mentioned the cold weather i think that it, it bears at least mentioning because that probably swayed the second place showing and we can get a little bit into that because i i think it will have some bearing as we head toward new hampshire and uh, nevada and south carolina and some of these early states
4: yeah i think when you have a below zero wind chill this this cold uh winter weather gripping much of the nation that's going to drop turnout a little bit, right? As far as people getting out to, well, well, they're not the polls, but at least going to caucus locations to vote. And maybe that's why Nikki Haley finished a little bit behind Ron DeSantis. She finished third. I mean, as of this recording, Donald Trump is at 51%. They've counted almost all the votes. DeSantis t- about two points ahead of Haley, but a distant, I mean, he's 30 points behind Donald Trump. It's not like a victory to finish 30 points back in no. second and then Haley two points behind DeSantis. And as we know, these caucuses in particular are really all about expectations. And you can finish mm-hmm. third and "quote unquote" win, and you can finish first, and your you know your career is ended. So in this case, Trump did what he was expected to do, and he's clearly the overwhelming frontrunner for the nomination. DeSantis got the second place he needed. Haley is close enough in third that now they go on to New Hampshire, where she's got a big edge over DeSantis. So I do think DeSantis kind of saved his campaign by at least finishing second, even if he was 30 points behind Trump.
3: And you saw that as well with senior staffers for Ron DeSantis's campaign coming out and telling reporters, you know the anonymous quote, they threw everything at Ron DeSantis. They couldn't kill him. He is not only still standing, but he's now earned his ticket out of Iowa. This is going to be a long battle ahead. I think you hear there that uh, they're not ready to so-called kiss the ring just yet, uh, although we did see one candidate drop out tonight in Vivek Ramaswamy. He's uh, now calling it quits and endorsing Trump, further consolidating this race.
4: Yeah. And of course he has always positioned himself as sort of a younger version of Trump until a couple of days ago when Trump sort of turned on him and started savaging him. And now, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy finishing a distant fourth. And so he's ended his campaign, but you know, he never really had much of a chance anyway. And now he will consolidate more for Trump. And as you say, DeSantis, I mean, yeah, he punches his ticket out of Iowa. And you know, the conventional wisdom generally is there's three tickets out of Iowa. That's the case here. Of course, this is really a three-way race now anyway. And really it's not, it's a one-way race. It's a Trump race, but there's a race between DeSantis and Haley to be the runner up and, and the potential viable alternatives should something happen to Trump, whether the Supreme Court rules that he's not eligible or whether the you know the convictions pile up or for whatever reason, someone's got to be in that position to, to say, well, it's my turn now instead. That race goes on between DeSantis and Haley. But again, DeSantis, I mean, by the skin of his teeth, I mean, he does get his ticket punched out of Iowa. He can go on to New Hampshire, but he put everything into Iowa. And yep. if he hadn't at least finished this, this well, he'd be done. So this yep. just sort of keeps him alive. He goes on to New Hampshire and South Carolina where Haley is well ahead of him. And I don't know... So, I mean, maybe this, you know, if he, if he hadn't finished second, his money would dry up, uh, his momentum would be gone. He didn't have much momentum anyway, but I don't know that this is going to give him like a big injection and infusion of money and support that now he makes uh, it more competitive with Haley for that second spot in these next couple of states, but we'll have to see.
0: Longshot hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy suspended his campaign after his performance in the caucus. Now three challengers remain as options for the Republican nomination. Looking forward to the next caucus, Haley could upset Trump, who holds a slimmer lead among Republicans in New Hampshire. According to a recent CNN poll, Trump has the backing of 39% of likely Republican primary voters in the state, while Haley has 32%. Up for grabs is Chris Christie's 12%, expected to go mostly to Haley, and Ramaswamy's 8%, which could go to Trump. No matter what happens, it's important to remember that the caucuses act as a first litmus test for who voters want the Republican National Convention to select. It's not the final say, and there's still plenty of time for more American voices to be heard. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strouser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Berry, and thanks for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey serving of a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app, or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed.